Welcome to the New Missions Podcast, helping you live life on mission right where you are and wherever you go. Today's conversation takes us to New York, to Middleton, where Pastor Mike McKelvey leads a dynamic church called Family Church. But his conversation leads us down a path of discovery of how he's living life on mission and their church is making missions a priority around the world. Let's enjoy this conversation with Pastor Mike McKelvey. This has been a day I've been looking forward to because Mike McKelvey's on the podcast today, the lead pastor of Family Church. Mike, it's great to have you. Oh, it's so great to be here with you, Tim. Thank you. I don't know if I could actually count the number of years we've known each other because it was really our mom and dad who brought us together over the years, but this is a significant year for you. 26 years at Family Church, your lead pastor now. Uh, it's been a journey of a lifetime of calling to you. Tell me for a moment, here you are, pastor's kid, now lead pastor. What's ministry been like for you in the last 18 months? Because we've had a crazy turn of events. Yeah, ministry in the last 18 months has been quite wild, especially being in the Northeast. New York being one of the hardest hit uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, been doing ministry, like you said, for 26 years um, on staff here at the church. Took over a little over four years ago. Uh, seven years I've been running the staff, but four years being the lead pastor. The last 18 months has been challenging. Uh, we've always been a high-tech, advanced-style church. So going uh, online wasn't a problem. Doing giving online wasn't a problem. But preaching to an empty room has been a challenge. How do you keep your food ministry going when you really weren't allowed to be around people? So really being creative of how we maintained our ministries going through that time. Now we're kind of seeing the upswing, you know, like people starting to come back out and getting our classes and courses back up and running in person. Well, we're going to talk more about how you're making an impact locally and how you have been making an impact globally through New Missions. We've been partners together since the very start of New Missions in 1983. One of the interesting stories you bring up here is the transfer from in-person to online. A lot of us have experienced church from a different perspective, but your heart hasn't changed on the priority of church. And I think that's something I'd like to speak to for a moment where culture is kind of shifting to, if you're not present, maybe you can skip church. But you and I grew up in church and know that it's a non-negotiable. Why is it so important? There's something powerful that happens when people gather together, when people get around each other. They feed off of each other. They they share stories. They are friendly. You're more friendly to your friend and a neighbor than you are to your family many times. Getting people in the same room, getting them together, and then let's worship together. Let's open our hearts together. Let's open the Bible together. There's a power that happens when you get people in community. They will not get simply watching online. And so the Bible was very clear where it says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That wasn't like a command to like condemn people who really did enjoy a weekend off watching online. It was because the, the Lord knew the importance of getting people together, sharing stories, sharing life, and opening their spirits to the word of God in community. And at Family Church, I know that you believe this because I've seen you live this with your family. You know, a lot of pastors these days... They're hungry to be relevant and relational, but scripture is becoming a little bit less of, um, I would say, 
the foundation to their teaching, and you have not compromised on the Bible. I, I commend you. Um, I'm honored by your work, and I'm influenced by your teaching. Talk to me for a moment. You've been doing a lot about freedom and also talking about the Bible, such as like, you know, hey, if you've got a problem, get a verse. Where's where where's the Bible in your message prep and also in your preaching? The Bible is the cornerstone of everything that we do. Without the Bible, we, we have nothing to stand on, man. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, we literally have Christ in our hands and on our phones, but society is spending less and less time with him. So we definitely are a Bible-based word church. We preach the Bible week in and week out. How we deliver that, we may not put every single chapter and verse up on our screen and say, hey, by the way, guys, look how smart Mike is. He's quoting a Bible verse. But our sermons are just plastered with Bible verses from front to back. The Word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if we don't keep just quoting these scriptures and saying things into people's lives, there's not gonna have, they're not going to have life change. They're not going to be able to heal the hurts that are happening in their lives. They're not going to be able to move forward in what God's called them to do if they don't have the stable foundation of the Bible. So the message has never changed. The method by which we deliver it, we're always tweaking and playing with. Wow. Yeah. So we may not say, okay, everybody open your Bibles right now, because really we have a large non-churched population in our church right now. Post-COVID, we have a lot of people who are just looking for something different and they've never been to church. So they're trying it. Right. They don't have a Bible. They don't have the Bible app. So for them, we will put some of the verses up on the screen, but at the same time, they're getting a whole lot more Bible verses than we could ever put up on the screen. Talk to me for a moment about this statement you had made about freedom because we hold on to his word. What does freedom mean to you? You're talking to a guy who can get addicted to just about anything. Coffee's probably my number one major addiction. I run life very fast. I'm very animated. If I try something, I'm addicted to it. Throughout my 42 years of life, that's been good things and bad things, things that have made me healthy and better and things that have completely destroyed relationships. Without the word of God as the cornerstone in my life, who the son has set free is free indeed to the the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in my mortal body. Without verses like that, he who keeps his mouth keeps his life and keeps himself from destruction. Mm, Amen. Everything I set my hands to will prosper and be successful. Without scriptures that speak to me this way, I would be an absolute mess. So for me, the word of God was not a list of what I can't do. Mm -hmm. It's a love story to me that I am free from the bondages of my will and my bad behavior. And through the spirit of God, I can make the right decisions and I can be in control of what my next steps in life can be. I can be free according to the word of God. So I know that is kind of like a roundabout way to say it, but that's my revelation. That's what freedom means to me. It's powerful because it's a path of lifestyle based on God's word infusing us. You all have been so proactive and generous locally. Talk to me for a minute on how Family Church has a mission field right where you are. Specifically with COVID, it wasn't like everybody in the whole US is reality. There's a lot of people downplaying it. We as a church did 22 funerals in the last 18 months, COVID related. Wow. I don't know any other church that was hit that hard. We had over 200 lives lost in connection to families in our church. Wow. We had one family where 18 family members were lost to COVID. Oh my goodness. In one family. Yeah. 
so first, just being available to the community during this time, sure. uh, having a, a place where people could sanitize and put on a mask and come in and worship during the heavy parts. But then we also had to like re-strategize how we were going to do some of our local outreach because people didn't want to get in their cars and cook food and take it to people because we really didn't know what was going on. So we kind of like transitioned and this is not a tag for any company or whatever, but we just began to DoorDash meals to families that needed it, that were in need. So like we transitioned from all in-house cooking meals and delivering them to people in the community to just buying it online and having these services and these companies deliver it. So now we're being a blessing twofold. The finances of the kingdom are going back into local business and we're being able to provide food for those in need. That's a big takeaway. Yeah, we were having restaurants go out of business like crazy. So we're like, hey, let's get as much money into these as we can so they don't go out of business. Mike, we're both strong family guys and love the local church. But what you all were doing in that moment was what I look at as consistency and stability in people's lives. You know, you're not in this for the short run, you're in this for the long haul. What are you excited about kind of looking out to the future or maybe even next year? So we did a couple things right in the middle of the pandemic because we were realizing New Yorkers have a little PTSD from what happened the last 18 months. Right. We actually opened up a counseling center right in our church, licensed counselors. We are now a resource to the people who are dealing with the loneliness and the separation and the loss of their family. We realized that the church was doing a disservice to two groups of people, grieving people and uh, mental illness. We were doing a disservice by simply saying, you know, what? I'll keep you in prayer. Well, we need to do more than keep someone in prayer. We need to check in on them. We need to counsel them. We need to give them tools beyond just saying, well, I will keep you in prayer. And, and let's be honest, and I'm not trying to cause a fight online with churches, but half the people that say they're going to keep you in prayer never once pray for you. So we created a counseling center. And then we also saw a huge need when our first responders and essential workers still needed to be working, but all other places were kind of shutting down. So we actually opened up a daycare in our church because the building was sitting all week long, not being used. We opened up a licensed daycare so that the essential workers and the members of our church that still needed to be going into the city, New York City, to be working, they had a place for their kids to go. Well, that tags back to healing hurts, building relationships. It's it's not just a bunch of letters on a wall. You and I both have really been mentored under two great leaders, you know, our fathers who were diehard pioneering men. You know, we, we got a lot of that drive from watching them and being near them. But talk to me for a moment about developing leaders, because I've I've been around your staff and your team and you guys are not only tight, but you're dedicated. You guys have a grit to you. That, that is energizing. What is leadership to you? So we were actually just talking about this topic yesterday at one of our tables. There's a difference between a coach and a leader or a coach and a mentor. A coach can be that like really big out of shape guy who hasn't been in the gym in 20 years. He doesn't practice what he knows, but he can tell you exactly how to become an athlete. He's no longer an athlete, but he could tell you how to be an athlete. A real leader and mentor is not someone who coaches from the sideline, but in the game with their team. Yeah. So we don't lead from the back. We lead from the front. And so our team is very, very intentional about what we do. We're very intentional about our trainings. 
We have a leadership pipeline. If someone joined our church today, they're a first-time guest, how do we get them from the streets to the seats, from the seats to being involved, being involved to being a leader in our church, and then possibly one day being a pastor on our staff? We want to dissect that entire timeline and say, how do we follow up with them? How do we make them feel wanted and welcomed? We don't need to know any of their background. You know, there used to be this belief in church. They had to believe in Christ. Then they had to behave. Then they could belong in your church. Right, right. And we kind of wanted to flip that. We wanted to say, anybody can belong. While they're belonging, their belief system will begin to grow in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And because of their belief in Christ, it will then change their lifestyle to behave. So we kind of just flipped the whole paradigm shift on that, right? And that's the building relationships and healing hurts. You don't have to be a perfect person to come to church and come to Christ. But through the years, you're going to go through this process where you're going to shake off some of those bad things, those bad behaviors, those addictions, and and you're going to come to this new place of leadership in the church. So we're very committed. We're very intentional. We have multiple levels of leadership programs for how committed people can be to our church. Being a small group leader, how do you lead a small group? How do you get in front of people and share a sermon, share a devotional? Uh, So we do talking opportunities where people stand in front of our team. They will share a devotional, and then our team will critique them, give them pointers, how to be a better presenter. So we're trying to be very intentional on all facets of leadership. I love it. You know, Jesus said, come follow me, but it was a while later when he asked, who do you say I am? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, the belief came because of time together. Absolutely. But what do you like to do for fun? Well, I am a huge outdoorsman. I uh, just got back from Montana fly fishing with a bunch of radical pastors. We had a great time out there. A great organization called Refuge. I love to fish. Uh, Fly fishing for trout or bass fishing here in the, the lakes up in New York. I'm an avid hunter. Just got a brand new bow. Yeah, I saw Trying that. to invite you out, man. Start doing some bow shooting with me, man. Definitely. I'm into welding. I took a college welding course at 42 years old. and That was something new. You, I saw that. It was like you said, um, Mike goes back to school or Mike's first day of school. <laughs> yeah, I took like the whole like first day of school picture and everything. We have an auto shop here at the church. We work on cars for people in the church if they can't afford work on their cars. And then we work on the staff's cars and stuff. So if I'm like in a brain fog writing a sermon, I'll go out to the garage and I'll work on one of the beater cars out there. But welding was the only thing I didn't know how to do to fix a car, to like restore an old hot rod or something. Right. So I was like, you know what? Time is slow and the school is still open. It was a tech school. I'm like, I'm going to sign up for this. And a couple of us went out and learned how to weld. So that was fun. And my last hobby, man, is I'm really into like cryptocurrency and day trading online, which I know it's kind of like a hot topic right now, but that's one of my other little hobbies. I appreciate not only your curiosity for all this, but your ability to learn and then share what you know with others. Talk to me just for a moment before we wrap up a little bit about what New Missions means to you and your church. I mean, you've been lifelong supporters and greatly influential in our lives as a ministry and also my personal life. Just our our families have been connected for decades. Uh, What's that journey been like for you to watch? So our, our dads got connected in 1983 or something like that. Your dad's story of just how he founded 
the mission there in Haiti, how he found the well, the first well that was dug. That was such a faith story to me and so inspired me. I even want to come there and shoot a documentary with my team and show the exact spot. Your dad had some wild faith, man, to like move out to this country that he knew no one, living in a tent. And then as a teenager, I got to go out there and meet actually the child that we sponsored every month. So for years and years and years, my, my family sponsored this child. And I got, out, I got to go out there to Haiti to do a, a mission trip. And I actually got to see and meet this kid that we had been sponsoring all these years. It was just so inspiring to me that the church wasn't just donating a bunch of money that was fake kids on pictures, that it was actually creating real life transformation. One of my heartbeats is church planting and to know that New Missions is not just, and this isn't a sales pitch by any means, this is my heart. New Missions is not just sponsoring children and feeding people for a day, but they're building local churches in communities, raising pastors of those communities to take them over and fully creating a gospel base yeah, man, we could throw money at people, but they're going to spend the money. It's going to be gone. We give them the living word of God right. and we give them an everlasting hope. Now we gave people true life transformation. And knowing that I'm, I'm a lifer, man. Honestly, I will have been with new missions my entire life and my entire ministry because of the vision and the hope that they have in the Dominican Republic and in Haiti. Wow. It's an amazing journey. I, I have to say, hearing you say that makes me just not only want to say thanks to you for your leadership and keeping that a priority. Consistency over time is what a lot of organizations really fall short from. And we're seeing in Haiti now where our graduates are now leading the churches and the schools and the clinics. And wow, when the earthquake hit recently in Haiti and I texted a pastor at our church, one of our churches, it's actually the first church that we started in Haiti. You know, He pastors it now and he graduated from the class of 2005. And here you have you know, second generation coming along, not only being in leadership, but really taking the baton and, and running faster and further. So, but that's because of your faithfulness with us, uh, Mike. And I thank you and Family Church for that. And and also just this time together today to have a conversation about life and, and ministry and, and purpose. So uh, you're living life on mission right where you are and wherever you go. So thanks for being an inspiration. And uh, I'm just greatly encouraged by our friendship. Absolutely, man. I love doing life with you guys and your family and and the heartbeat that you guys have. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time together today. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the New Missions Podcast, helping you live life on mission. You can join us right now in giving gifts to children and families through the New Missions Shoebox Drive. Simply visit shoeboxdrive.com. And if you don't have time to pack a shoebox, you can order one at newmissions.org forward slash gift. That's newmissions.org forward slash gift. Remember, your mission field starts right where you are. And thanks for listening to the New Missions Podcast.